Hey everyone, and welcome back to another post from r slash askreddit, a subreddit where anyone can ask a question, and the most popular questions and answers get upvoted to the top. Today's question, lawyers, what's a case you regret winning? I'm a workers' compensation attorney. I now represent injured people, but I used to work on the other side in insurance defense. There was an applicant with a serious injury. He fell off a ladder, busted back with fusion, shoulder effed up, years of treatment. He had internal issues, psych issues, just really effed up. We're talking 50% plus permanent disability. We were five years in and finally getting into settlement time. If we bought out his future medical, settlement was pretty far into six figures. This guy was the sole provider for his wife and two kids. Then we found out he had aggressive brain cancer. He was expected only to live a couple years at best. Thus, we wouldn't buy out future medical anymore. He still got permanent disability for like 60k-ish, but you can't give medical buyout based on 25 plus year life expectancy anymore. I felt terrible for the guy and his family. Me and the adjuster tried to get insurance to agree to some sort of amount like a five year buyout, but the bean counter said hell no. The attorney knew it wasn't me making the decision. Even though he worked on that guy's file for five plus years, he decided to take zero dollars in fees. I have so much respect for that attorney turning down 10k plus in fees to help his client in a very shitty situation. Working in insurance defense feels like selling your soul at times. I do family law and I represented a father who had lost most of his custody from heroin use and imprisonment as a result. He came to me saying he was clean and doing good and had his life together and it checked out. He had been clean for almost nine months, not counting jail time, and seemed sincere in wanting to resume a full relationship with his son. The other side fought viciously to keep him at extremely little custody and supervised at that, but we prevailed and got an order restoring fairly frequent unsupervised partial custody. Not long afterwards, only about three months after the case, he was back doing heroin, sold most of his furniture, and for me, the most soul-crushing is that he set up a fake GoFundMe for his child's cancer. His child didn't have cancer, and has never had cancer, so you know where that money was going. I withdrew my appearance at this point, so I don't know what happened afterwards, but I imagine and hope his custody was taken away. Basically, the net result of winning that case was that that poor boy had to witness his father relapse on heroin and was exploited for money. Worst case I ever won. I work in medical malpractice defense. Once I had an OBGYN who burned a patient during a procedure. When I met with the doctor, he lied to me throughout the representation over 16 months saying he had no idea how it happened. 
There is a doctrine in law called res ipsa, meaning absent some sort of negligence, this accident could not have occurred. The woman came in without a burn, and after the procedure, the woman left with a burn. There's no way this doctor didn't know what had happened. The area of the burn was where he was operating on. It wasn't until I brought up settlement, because this was not a case we could win, did he say, oh, maybe I do know what happened. We ultimately settled that case, which is considered a favorable outcome considering the potential high monetary verdict. Sometimes I think this doctor really ought to have lost that case and their license. A guy lost his wife and children in a car accident. He wanted to exercise to get his emotions and mental health back in check. The doctor wrote him recommendations for exercise equipment, a ball, chin-up bar, nothing crazy, and he submitted the expenses to his insurer. Our client, the insurer adjuster, wanted this fought tooth and nail because exercise equipment was only covered for physical rehab and he was not physically injured. I do not practice in this area anymore. I'm in eviction law. Basically every other case. Even the a-holes. It's not rewarding to put people out on the curb. Ever. I settled a personal injury case for a guy. He was set to get about $5,000. He was in jail. I held the money for a couple months. And when he got out, he came by to get the money without delay. The next day, the cops came around and asked if I knew him. I explained that I did. I was told he died that night of an overdose, and the only thing found on him was my card, some drugs he had not yet used, and a needle. I wouldn't say I regret this so much, but to this day, it amazes me. As a first-year associate, I was given a terrible personal injury case where my client received a flu shot and thereafter felt pain in his shoulder. He went to another doctor who performed an MRI and determined he had a torn rotator cuff, which was undoubtedly not related. My job was to allege the flu shot caused the rotator cuff tear. Our ortho actually correlated the two, which is the more regrettable position, and the case paid out. Being the bottom of the totem pole, I had no choice but to take this case which is handed down by a partner. But at the same time, just overwhelmingly made me feel like the worst stereotyped attorney and just hated having to walk into court on it and feel my reputation being destroyed. As a personal injury attorney, I've seen a few clients win the blue collar lotto or getting more money than they reasonably know how to deal with. I do my best to educate them but my job is to try and maximize the recovery, not teach them finance. I have definitely contributed to a few drug habits. As a personal injury attorney, do you still represent them if you think they are faking? That's a reasonable question. The answer is that I'm not a doctor. I refer people to doctors I trust. If I don't think a doctor is being honest, then I won't work with that person anymore. I do have one client that I have refused to represent again because I'm not sure he isn't causing accidents on purpose. 
I do juvenile work, criminal law, and family law. I represented his client first when he was a juvenile charged with disorderly conduct at school and fighting. Then, when he became an adult, it was for more simple things like possession of marijuana. As he got older, it became easier and easier to figure out what part of his life hasn't gone as well as it could, and I tried to counsel him and push him to better himself. He got his GED. He started going to NA. He started classes at a community college and found a part-time job. On the night of his 21st birthday, he was charged with a DWI. Of course, I'll take care of that too. About six months later, we are due in court for trial. It's on a Monday. And he doesn't show up, which at this point in his life is highly unusual. As I'm trying to figure out where he is, the court starts going over the arraignment's first appearances, and then lo and behold, three people are up for murder charges. The prosecution starts to tell the judge what the facts and circumstances of the case are, and mentions a few victims' names. Apparently, my client was at a party when these three individuals decided to allegedly do a drive-by shooting. My client suffered multiple gunshot wounds and didn't make it to the hospital. So, by default, as you can't prosecute a dead person, the state has to take a dismissal. I guess, technically, a win. Either way, it was crushing to me as I thought he had really turned his life around. And he had. In one of my first cases after passing the bar exam, a young man retained me on a drunk driving charge. No one was hurt, but he totaled his car. During trial, the arresting police officer testified that my client was clearly drunk at the accident scene and that my client was loudly blaming the accident on the effing a-hole who stole his car, crashed it, and then fled before the cops arrived. However, according to two other witness statements tendered into evidence, it was my client's friend, the passenger, who was screaming about the a-hole who stole the car, not my client, the driver. The cop must have confused the two men during his testimony. This discrepancy raised a reasonable doubt in the judge's mind, so she acquitted my client. At the time, the acquittal was somewhat unexpected for me. In my personal view, my client was clearly drunk and responsible for the accident, regardless of who was blaming the mystery a-hole to the cops. But I was happy my young client got off, no one was hurt, and lessons were learned. And I was quite euphoric to have won my first criminal case. The regret? About a month after the acquittal, my young client called me at 3 a.m. from the police station, saying, It's me again. The police arrested me for drunk driving again. Can you help me? Not only did I answer no, I instantly regretted getting the earlier acquittal. My client apparently didn't learn any lessons. I got a spoiled brat of a teenager cleared of a shoplifting charge when he absolutely had done it. His rich parents hired me to represent him. I did that to the best of my ability, 
and we went to trial and won. But I can't say I felt good about it. This kid needed to be taught some accountability for his actions, and his parents just wanted to buy their way out of any trouble he got into. I had this happen to me twice. I got my client out on bail only to thereafter have him up and killed. First time, he was in building, supposedly selling, got chased by the police, and a struggle ensued where he was shot point blank in the head. His mother told me that it was my fault that he was killed, and that I was working with the DA and the police. The second time, a young man, no more than 16, gets released while awaiting trial on robbery. One of the conditions of release is that he maintain a curfew. That very night, he breaks curfew, goes over to somebody else's house, and was killed in a drug-related robbery. Again, his mother blamed me and said that the devil was working through me and that we were all demons. Criminal defense is a hard business. EU lawyer here. As a child sexual harassment case, I was the defendant of the mother and children. Their father was the abuser. He didn't rape them. He was touching them and making them play with him, etc. I put all of my effort into this. We lost at the first trial and then we won at the appeal court. The mm effer got six years of jail time. Served four. He is now out. Where is the regret? She is together with him today. Her children are 13 and 10, and they are fully aware of what has happened. My regret is because I kind of saw it coming. When she started suspecting the harassment, she didn't do much. She still maintained her afternoon work shift, but she had a choice to work mornings, and left him alone with the children for hours. She moved out of the house four months after her first suspicions from the harassment. During the trial, she often wept and needed psychological support because she felt responsible for destroying the family. I am fully aware that a mother's victimization can happen. I cannot forgive that after almost seven years. Three years battling at court and four years jail time, she is with him today. Makes me want to vomit and burn every cent I earned from this case. I did a divorce where the husband who I was representing wanted to trade custody of his children for a set of bedroom furniture. The bedroom furniture was not even like a family heirloom. It was furniture that you could probably get at a rooms to go or something. <sighs> Still makes me ill. That's why I got out of family law. I worked in criminal defense, and I represented a guy in a DUI. He had priors, so another conviction meant time, loss of license, lots of problems. Long story short, he was pulled over by police after they followed him leaving a bar. At trial, I elicited admissions from the arresting officer that during the 2.5 miles he followed him for, he did not observe a single moving violation. No speeding, erratic driving, driving over the lines, blowing stop signs, running red lights. Didn't even stop suddenly at red lights. Also got the DRE officer to testify 
that the accused only spoke Spanish, and they couldn't get an interpreter officer to roadside to explain the field sobriety exercises, which the officers documented the accused refused to perform. The jury came back in 15 minutes. Guy was extremely grateful, and his lovely family was very gracious in thanking me and our office. Felt really good about the whole thing. A couple of months later, I'm in county to meet with a client, and I see him in one of the pods. I find out sometime after the trial, he violently sexually assaulted his eight-year-old stepdaughter. I think about that one a lot. So that wraps up today's post. There was a lot of heavy stuff in some of these stories. Being a lawyer is not easy, and this has got to weigh on them. Do you have any stories you would like to share? We would love to hear them in the comments below. If you liked the video, leave a like or a comment. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to hear more and see more posts from r slash askreddit and other subreddits when they come out on the channel, please subscribe. As always, thank you so much for watching and for listening.